Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Today, I'm going to teach you something that's very hard to find teaching on anymore. Uh, The 10 Bible laws which guarantee dynamic financial increase. People don't want to talk about prosperity because they label you a dreaded prosperity preacher. But there's no two ways about it. You know, you can say you don't like prosperity. You can say you don't like the prosperity message. But I'll tell you, one thing you can't say is that it's not in the Bible. Because the Bible promises a financial reward for obedience to God. If God loves poverty and is for poverty, how come he never gave it as a reward to anybody for obeying his instruction? You read all through the Bible, when people followed the instruction of God, he gave them a financial reward. Let me read a a scripture to you. Proverbs 10.22. Let's just encapsulate it in one verse. Proverbs 10.22. Proverbs, the 10th chapter and the 22nd verse. The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Proverbs 13, 21. Trouble chases sinners, while blessings reward or chase the righteous. Good people, a good man leaves an inheritance to their children's children, and the wealth of the wicked passes to the godly. Proverbs is a book that was written by the richest man who ever lived, and he lets you know that the wealth he received, number one, was from God, and number two, he didn't receive it by luck. Hey, Lisa in Pretoria, God bless you. He tells you how God operates. That's why I'm going to go through the 10 Bible laws which guarantee dynamic financial increase, not give you a better chance at it, because the Bible is sure. The Bible doesn't work 50% of the time. The Bible works. The rewards that are promised in the Bible work for everybody that abides by what the Bible says. The wealth of the wicked passes into the hands of the just. You don't read anybody in the Bible that was rich, and then they began to obey God and God decreased them. God never changed anybody for the worse. God always changed people for the better. And I think people have just heard anti-prosperity rhetoric, and they just repeat it. They've heard another Christian say it, so they think part of being a Christian is saying something harsh about money. Well, You know, like I've told the story, I was sitting next to a lady in first class, and uh we got to talking. She was a believer, and I, I didn't say much. I didn't tell her anything I believed or, or whatever. And she, she said, um, she was talking about going on vacation with her husband in Europe and their children and uh, how well she was doing in her company, and we were sitting in first class on the airplane. And then just because I think uh, Christians think they have to say it at some point, she goes, well, you know, I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. And I said... Yet here you sit in first class. In other words, what do you mean you don't believe in prosperity? Do you know how most of the world lives? I haven't updated, I haven't uh, read the study in a while, but back in the 90s, there was a study that worldwide, the average person 
for a vehicle drove an ox cart. You know, people live in homes all over the world. Of course, some people don't even have a home. Some people live in homes all over the world that, that, that you know, other people would use to, to store their lawnmower and their gardening equipment in. Just a little one-room brick, no windows, some sheet hung in the doorway to help somewhat keep flies out. And that's it. So you're going to sit in first class and say you don't believe in prosperity? I said, yet sit, here you sit in first class. Who, who gave you the money to fly first class to go on vacation to Europe with your husband? The devil? The devil just wanted to see your marriage start to thrive and felt like you guys weren't spending enough time together, so he blessed you with some money. No, she had been talking. She's faithful to church. She said, well, I never thought of it like that. I said, I said yeah, think about it. You, even not pursuing prosperity or out of your own mouth saying you don't believe in prosperity, just living free from sin, Honoring God's word, honoring God's house, look how you've begun to increase. She had told stories about how she got bonuses and raises at work. It's very hard to make a case from the Bible that obeying God's commands leads to financial ruin. And by very hard, I mean impossible. It's also very hard to make the case that obeying God's commands doesn't lead to dynamic financial increase. And by very hard, I mean it's impossible. You know, you're never going to have something that you don't value. So I wrote down five things for all the people that say, oh, money's not important to me. I'm going to tell you five reasons why money is important to me and why money is important to a thinking person. One preacher said, the more money that a righteous person has, the better off the world is. You know, a heroin addict, somebody that's bound by the devil and drug addiction, likely isn't giving money to feed hungry people every day. Their money is consumed by their addiction, or like the Bible says, it is hoarded on their own lust. Maybe that's a problem people haven't thought through when it comes to financial prosperity, is they think that um, if you have money, money is going to take the place of God in your heart. But if that's true, Abraham would have ended in a backslidden condition. Isaac would have ended away from God. Jacob would have ended away from God. Joseph would have ended away from God, and none of them did. As God blessed them, they drew closer to God. Why is money important to a thinking person? Another preacher said, if you don't care about money, you don't care about people. I value God's financial prosperity because I value Helping people, and I'm going to tell you five other things I value. Why should a thinking person value money and not want less of it, but desire for God to increase them financially? Let's say it like that. Number one, for your marriage. The number one cause of divorce is stress in the home. The number one source of stress in the home is money. Let me tell you from somebody that not, not very long ago, not in olden times, somebody that was married and had $27 in the bank that had to last us the next 11 days till we get paid on the first or whatever. And uh, I get in fights because I told you don't use the red credit card. The red credit card is maxed out. Now we're going to get fined and incur fees. 
I've lived married like that, and I've lived married now where money's not a concern. By the blessing of God, by the grace of God. And by not a concern, I don't mean because I got real spiritual and I still don't have enough money to take care of my family, but I just, I just walk a higher path now. No, I'm talking about like the lady in 1 Kings 17, the Bible says in, verse, in 1 Kings 17, verse 16, no matter how much she used, there was always plenty left over where you, you don't have to check anymore. You know, you can get to that place. Turn there with me, 1 Kings 17. I want to show you because I'm not talking about like you hear some people on Christian radio, they talk about like good principles for managing the money you have. The Bible does have that. It's good to manage your money well. But I'm talking about 10 Bible laws that guarantee dynamic financial increase, like supernatural, where you can't explain it other than it's by the hand of God. 1 Kings 17, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, so you can't be in more abject poverty than that. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but bake a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends the rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. Verse 16, no matter how much they used, there was always enough or plenty of flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had spoken through the prophet Isaiah, I mean, prophet Elijah, excuse me. So when we talk about financial, dynamic financial increase, you're talking about where God's hand supernaturally gets involved in your money. Now, obviously, you can break Christianity into two groups. There's people that think God did supernatural stuff in the Bible, but he doesn't do it anymore. And then there's people like me that believe God when he said, I'm the Lord God and I change not. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. That God's no respecter of persons. What he did for one, he'll do for anyone. And the Bible is a record of what, uh, to instill faith in you, that what God did for them, if you take the steps people took, you can get the same result that they got. The Bible says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon all who believe. So the blessing that was poured out on old characters here in the Bible who were real people. That same blessing can come upon anybody that believes and proves their belief by abiding by the steps that God said to abide by. Why should you value, let me, let me put it like that instead of valuing money. Why should you value financial increase? Number one, for your marriage. Number two, for your, you know, and I'll say this, not only does having an overflow of funds take the stress out of the home, 
uh, it's nice to be able to bless your wife. It's nice to hear your wife mention something in passing that she saw. And, and, and it's, you know, but I, it's, I, I looked at how much it cost. It would be ridiculous to pay that kind of money and, and go, on, go on Amazon and buy it or, or buy it and, and just have it come in the mail and her eyes light up. It's nice to be able to bless your wife. And, and you know, and I, if, if you can't agree with me on that, then you might as well shuttle along and go find another broadcast because you and I are on different wavelengths. If you think there's something holy or like really great about struggling, I can tell you from firsthand experience, it's not enjoyable to struggle. And I can tell you from the Bible, God, God didn't say life has to be a struggle. Jesus didn't say in John 10, 10, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I also have come to steal, kill, and destroy. No, Jesus and the devil don't do the same thing. Jesus didn't say the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might struggle. He said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to write that in your notes, abundant life. That's what financial increase allows for you, an abundant life. There's a lot of churches that have that as their name. It's a great name for a church, Abundant Life Church. Because Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Good to see you, Victor. Number one, why should you value dynamic financial increase? Number one, for your marriage. Number two, for your children. The difference between where they go to school or at, at this point in time, if they go to school. The ability to send your child to a school where they don't hate God, hate you, hate the family, hate the Bible. Would you let somebody who hates you and hates your God and thinks all your views are terrible, would you let them cook your food for you? I wouldn't. Then why would you let them teach your children? Money is the ability to decide your child's education. Money's the ability. You know, I have a, a young daughter. When she gets older, you imagine the ability to be able to buy your daughter and her new husband a home and property so your daughter can stay home and raise her kids if she desires. And, you know, this wicked structure that's in our nation and most nations of the world where the father has to work two jobs, the mother has to work two jobs, the kids are forced into early education or, or, or uh, early childhood care, then school, then after school care, and your kids are essentially raised by the state. There's a financial system in place that if you don't tap into the supernatural power of God and your money, you're going to be a slave to that system. It's going to dictate when you wake up. It's going to dictate how much time you get to spend with your children. It's going to dictate how much time you get to spend with your spouse. Your marriage can't. Why do you think the divorce rate used to be so minute and now it's, it hovers around 50%? Some countries much higher. Gee, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that there's a, a, an economic structure that forces the spouses apart? You see each other 40 minutes at night, an hour and 40 minutes at night. Both of you drop dead tired. 
The Bible says in, in Ecclesiastes, money answers all things. Obviously, that doesn't refer to your soul and your redemption. But Solomon was saying that money solves a lot of problems. You should value it for your marriage. You should value it for your children. If you'll listen to what I teach you today, every financial struggle you've had and had to endure in life, your children will never know those struggles. Think about that. We just read it in the beginning, Proverbs chapter 13. A righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's a pretty serious blessing that God would overflow your finances to the point that you don't exhaust it, your children don't exhaust it, you actually bless three generations of people. Number three, you should value dynamic financial increase for a defense. There's a world of difference between how you're treated when you have money and how you're treated when you don't have money. The police treat you differently. The doctors at the hospital treat you differently. You know, somebody that, that's poor in this country, if they take their child, let's say it's somebody that's on government assistance or welfare, and they take their child to the hospital, and they say, we want to give your child these shots. And the mother says, I don't want my child to, to get all those shots. Well, they're going to threaten to take the child away. They know that woman can't afford a lawyer. They can threaten to revoke her, her government assistance. They'll use that money to manipulate her into compliance. When you have money, and I mean, I've done it. We want to give your little baby these 11 shots today. I'm not doing it. I'll, uh, you can have these four, and uh, we'll space them out. Oh, I, I advise against that. I don't care what you advise. And then you, you, you subtly let it be known that if you cross me, I'm going to sue you into the ground. Let me tell you, the conversation changes very quickly. Look at the difference during the COVID-19 lockdown between a church who owned their own property and a church who leased uh, property in a strip mall. The church that leased property was told they have to shut down. The church that owned their own property had, had, had the ability to fight back. Number three, money is a defense. The Bible says wisdom is a defense, and the Bible says money is a defense. That's in Ecclesiastes. Why should you value dynamic financial increase? Number four, for your dreams. Do you have a dream? Do you have something big that you want to do on this earth before you go to heaven? I don't believe God creates people with no dreams. I think life beats people's dreams out of them. They get around the wrong people and say, oh, you know, you have to be realistic. We all think we're going to change the world. No. You have a big dream in you. And it takes money to get it accomplished. What is your dream? Maybe even a dream you've given up on. God has a supernatural financial supply that you can carry out your dreams. And let me tell you, the Bible says when your dreams are thwarted, it, it, it crushes you. But when, when dreams, how sweet it is when dreams are fulfilled. Let me look up, up the exact scripture. 
Because I quoted that all kinds of wrong. So let me make up for it. I'll look it up. I'll look it up another time. Duck Duck Go is not cooperating. You know, it's great to be living what you what you desire to do. You know, I can tell you this. I've had many people comment to me, man, I, Jonathan, I can't believe what you say. You're very bold. You want to know why I can say what I want? Nobody can fire me. Nobody funds my dream. God funds my dream. As long as I don't tick him off, I'm good. I don't have some rich guy or some corporation that said, we want to put you, we want to build a studio for you and have you broadcast. And then if they don't like something I say, they pull their money. I don't live in that world. God is my source. Number four, for your dreams, five, five reasons you should value Dynamic financial increase. Number five, for others. Don't you have a desire to be a blessing to other people? Did you know I have um, one of the buildings that the Lord gave us? Part of that building is leased by a business that was ordered to shut down during the COVID-19 pandemic. They weren't allowed to be in their business. So after they sent their lease in the first month they had to be closed... I sent it back. Maria, you found it for me. Proverbs 13, 19. Man, this hour is shooting by. It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. It is pleasant to see dreams come true. That's a fact. Thanks, Maria. You saved, you saved the broadcast. It felt good to mail that, that business, their lease back. Felt so good I did it again the next month, then I did it again the next month, and then I did it again the next month, and they're allowed to be open. You know, it's nice to do things where you just shock people with how generous you are. You know, having, a, having dynamic financial increase allows you to be towards people like God is towards you. There's a restaurant that I, that I enjoy eating at, back when you could go eat in restaurants. We, you know, I just, just because you can, and I was in a good mood. I, I lose uh, money when I'm in a good mood. I tipped the, the waitress $100, and then I did it again the next time we went in, same waitress. Me and Adonis were there. Well, you know that third time I came back? She knew all about us. So you're a preacher, and then you write children's books, and you preach too. I really enjoy your, your messages on YouTube. Amazing. I never wrote her anything about Jesus. I never gave her the money and said, you know, consider giving your... I just blessed her. And in blessing her, it gave her a desire to know why I'm different. Ate at a restaurant in Canada after one of the church services and gave 
that lady a $200, you know, for me, it's very easy to tip foreign money, particularly Canadian money, because number one, the bank's going to take 30% if I bring it back to America. So I'd rather, I'd rather just give it to a person than a bank. So uh, anyway, plus Canadian money's so colorful, it just doesn't seem real to me. So I gave this lady that waited on us $200. She ran out into the parking lot. It's too much. I said, no, it's not too much. She said, I've been, work I've been a waitress for 40 years. I've never had anybody do this for me. I said, well, I've never eaten here before. So then I came back to the same restaurant the next night. And did you know that one of the other tables had invited her to come hear me preach? And she said, it's you. You know, I know you're a preacher. You're preaching in this city. I'm going to come hear you on Friday. And she came. She was sitting in the front row. She waved. And she gave her life to the Lord that night and got in line for hands to be laid on her. Had never been to a, a full gospel church in her life. Money matters. And that's why I'm going to get into quickly. The 10 Bible laws which guarantee dynamic financial increase. Money, I want you to write this down. Money is not an accident. Financial blessing is not an accident. Some Christians don't get lucky. God is a God that operates by laws. You're right, Virginia. Number one. The 10 Bible laws which guarantee dynamic financial increase. Number one, understanding and believing God's word produces financial increase. Proverbs 21, 16. I'm going to have to fly if I'm going to get these 10 in in half an hour. I'll tell you that. Maybe I'll do it. You know what? To take the pressure off, I'm going to do it in two parts. So we'll do the first five today and the second five tomorrow, only available on RevivalToday.tv. Fridays will only be on RevivalToday.tv. So if you've not got the app, get the app. Because tomorrow I'm not going to be on Facebook, YouTube, or Periscope. Only on RevivalToday.tv. Job 22. Or, or, no, what did I say first? Proverbs 21, 16. I'll go to Job 22 second. Proverbs 21, 16. There, take the pressure off. I can do five. Proverbs 21, 16. The man that wandereth out of the path of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. This is one of the, to me, this is one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Write this down. Anything I don't understand, I don't enjoy. So if you don't understand God's system of prosperity, you're never going to enjoy prosperity. Listen to what the Bible says. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Why do you think many Christians live a life that's no different from somebody who's spiritually dead and without Christ? They get sick at the same rate. They need loans at the same rate. They literally don't enjoy any of the blessings that are afforded to someone who's put their faith in Christ in the Bible. Why is that? Because the Bible says 
The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall abide in the congregation of the dead. Any part of God's word you don't understand, you live a life in that area that's no different from someone who doesn't even know the Lord. Acts 19, Paul said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? To believers. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So, was the baptism of the Holy Spirit for them? Yes, because four verses later, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What was the difference? No one had ever taught or preached that blessing to them. That's why I talk about it. I don't understand people. I don't understand people who, I mean, to me, this is like the lowest class of minister. It's one thing people that say, I don't believe in prosperity. It's another thing when people say, I believe in it, but I don't teach it, or I don't talk about it because it's controversial. How can you do that to people? People will never receive what they don't hear taught and preached to them. Faith comes by hearing Hearing by the word. The man that wondereth, when I didn't understand financial prosperity, and I made snide comments about it that I repeated from other ministers that I heard make snide comments about it. These prosperity preachers think the gospel's all about money. Let me tell you something. One day all your money will be gone. Yeah, it's all true. But you, I had a light regard, no understanding, and I didn't enjoy the benefit of it. And as soon as... As somebody taught me the word of God on that and showed it to me in the Bible. Man, one of the things that clicked was when I heard um, Dr. Leroy Thompson. He said, if money takes the place of God in your heart and turns you away from God, then Abraham's in hell, Isaac's in hell, Jacob's in hell, Joseph's in hell, Elijah's in hell, David's in hell. And he went down the list. And I thought, that's true. Money doesn't automatically take the place of God in your heart. And then it began to click. Ten laws which govern, which guarantee dynamic financial increase. Number one, believing and understanding God's word produces financial increase. Turn to Proverbs 22. I'm going to read it in the King James. Er, sorry, not Proverbs 22. Job 22. There it is. Check this out. Job twenty two twenty one. Acquaint now thyself with God and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth. Receive what? The law from God's mouth. That's what the Bible is. And lay up his words in thine heart. And what will happen? If you will return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. Then shalt thou lay up gold as dust, and the gold of Ophir as if it were stones in the brooks. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense, and thou shalt have plenty of silver. For then shalt thou have thy delight in the Almighty, and shalt lift up thy face unto God. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. When men say there's a casting down, 
you will say there's a lifting up. Receive his law, I pray thee, and store his words up in your heart. Then will you lay up gold as if it were dust. Ten Bible laws which guarantee dynamic financial increase. Number one, believing and understanding God's word produces financial increase. God's word does not lead backwards. It leads forward in every area of life, including finances. Good to see you in Kentucky. Law number two, Psalm 1, the first psalm. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Oh, the joys, in fact, I'll read the whole psalm. Oh, the joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They're like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They'll be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly. But the path of the wicked leads to destruction. The first three verses again. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Oh, the joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked. Or stand around with sinners. Or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank. They bear fruit in every season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in everything they do. Everything can be broken down, and when it all comes to an end, everything will be broken down into whether you live righteous and holy or whether you live in sin and wickedness. And the Bible says destruction comes upon those that choose the path of wickedness. But those that choose to walk God's path, the path of righteousness, what does it say? Psalm 1-3. And whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. There's no way around that. Law number two, holy living carries a financial reward increase. Law number two, holy living, the decision to abide by the, the commands of God and build your life on the word, carries a financial reward. And that reward is that you prosper in all you do. The 10 Bible laws which guarantee dynamic financial increase. Number three, 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. Verse 3. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, 
What do you want? Ask me and I'll give it to you. Solomon's honoring God with his wealth provoked a response from God to say, you tell me what you want and I'll give it you. And if you read it, God didn't only give him what he asked for. God gave him beyond what he asked for. Was that something God just did for Solomon? If it is, you need to rip Proverbs out of every Bible because Solomon, who wrote Proverbs under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, made it something that anybody can do. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord. So think about it. The richest man that ever lived wrote a book and told you how he got there and that you can repeat his steps and get where he got. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Verse 16. Wisdom offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. Talking about the wisdom of God, which part of that wisdom is honoring the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. The Bible, just, the Bible doesn't only teach that you should honor God with the best of your material possessions. It teaches that when you do, it causes God to give you dynamic financial increase. The 10 Bible laws which guarantee dynamic financial increase, number three, honoring God out of a heart of love produces financial increase. No two ways about it. And I would say this is an area that many people, it's what's kept them from experiencing the radical prosperity that's spoken of in the Bible, where you're always the head and never the tail, where you're the lender only and not the borrower. People read that and they just blank out. I don't know how that's possible. How do you get a house without a mortgage? I, 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 I don't see how that can... Because they've not done that. They've given. Most Christians have given. I would say it would be next to nobody that's gone to church for any time and has let the offering pass them by every single service. They never put one dollar in. That would be very few people. But what do most do? They don't give any consideration for the offering ahead of time. Somebody has to speak a good offering message and then they'll reach in their purse or whatever, grab a, a, a few bucks, a wrinkled five and a wrinkled one, a 20. On the average Sunday, the average Christian passes more money through a drive through window than they put in the offering. Their bellies, their God. Most people, and I'm not doing this to shame people, but there's a reason there's a disconnect in the area of prosperity with most people because they've never taken this step that Solomon said. These 10 laws that 
govern dynamic financial increase. They're not pick your favorite three or pick your favorite six. Well, I don't like holy living. You know, think about it. You can't live holy and avoid honoring God with your wealth and expect to have dynamic financial increase. Nor can you honor God with your, your wealth and the best part of everything you produce and say, you know, I'm not much for the holy living part. I like to party, and that's just how I am. You're not going to have it. You have to, all 10 that I've written here are, are essential. And I would say your average Christian has never truly honored God with the best part of what they produce. You know, think about it. In 1 Kings 17, that woman was willing to give water. But the thing that was valuable to her, the meal and the oil to make bread, that's where she said, hey, listen, Mr. Prophet Elijah, you ask for water, that's fine. I have that. Don't ask for the bread. I got enough for one meal, and my son and I will die. But notice, the prophet pushed her by a prophetic word, not pressured her. He didn't say, well, I really need that bread, or I'm going to die. He told her, if you'll do that, thus saith the Lord, that thing that you're worried about running out, it'll never run out. And she honored God with her best. Every Christian should ask themselves the question, have I ever honored God with the best of what I have? I gave my first $1,000 when I was barely a thousandaire. I probably had $1,200, and I was so excited to sow a thousand. I think, I think your average person thinks you give a thousand to the Lord when you become like, you know, once you have like $10 million, then you can start giving a thousand. No. What if you always made your biggest move financially to the kingdom first out of a heart of love for God and then let the things of the world trail behind? What if you refused to build a home for yourself until you had built a home for, the, for the, a house for God, a church? I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying, what if you did? What if you covenanted with God, I'm never going to spend an amount of money for myself and my family until I first direct that to the kingdom. I can tell you what happens. Crazy stuff happens. Number three might be the most important of all ten. Honoring God out of a heart of love. And notice, I'm not, I made sure not to just, I'm not just talking, if, if all you're hearing me talking about right now is giving, your ears are clogged with religious bias. Honoring God, law number three, honoring God out of a heart of love produces increase. If your heart's not in it, God said these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away. The last thing I want to do is beat you into submission. Okay, it's true, it's in the Bible. We should honor God. Just keep it. Why do you think the Bible, what's the New Testament equivalent? God loves a cheerful giver. What produces cheerful giving? A heart of love for God. You could give Like, think of this. I could take my wife 
to a lower-end restaurant. But if I did it out of a heart of love, it would mean more to her than if I took her to a fancy steakhouse because I had to. Oh, it's our anniversary tomorrow. Um, oh, man, I'm so busy. Uh, I forgot it was our anniversary. You, uh, you know, I'll make a reservation at um, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, and probably the earliest I'll be able to get there is 9 p.m. Uh, I got so much to do. But it is our anniversary. I'll uh, make a reservation. I'll see there. If I'm a little late, you'll know why. I'm very busy. Shoot, why does our anniversary have to be tomorrow? Okay, at what point would my wife just be like, you know what, just don't worry about it. She would have cut me off halfway, halfway in Senate. Yeah, yeah, it's no big deal. You know, we don't have to go out. Who would want somebody to do something for them because they're doing it out of obligation? That's why anybody that teaches the tithe and offering that way, they're robbing people. Well, the Bible says it, and you need to do it. Yeah, it's true. Just like when it's your anniversary, you should take your wife out. But if you're doing it where you're like, ah, man, seventh game of the Stanley Cup Finals, why did I get married during the hockey playoffs? Ah, there's nothing I want in the world more than to watch game seven. I got to take you out. (laughs) You're headed for divorce. Even if you take them out. What? <laughs> or can you imagine you say, I'll take you out, but I'm out at 45 minutes, I'm out. All right? I used to time myself when I prayed. I would try to get at least half an hour in, and one time I felt the Lord speak to me like, what an insult it was. Can you imagine? Uh, Adonis, I'm going to talk to you for 30 minutes. Okay, let's talk. And then you keep checking your watch. And that's our time. You're headed for divorce. Nothing is going to profit you if you do it to the Lord out of obligation. Well, Sunday's the Lord's day. No, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I'll come into his courts with praise. And then your giving relationship has to be out of honoring God, my Father. I love you. You rescued me. You brought me out of the miry clay. You set my feet on the rock. You changed me. You took me from so low, and you've given me everything I have, and I express that gratitude out of a heart of love. I love you. And here's the proof, because the Bible says where a man's treasure is, there his heart will be also. So don't give me that crap about there's other ways to honor God. You know, we're going to receive an offering. There's ways you can honor God with your time, your, your talent. And then some of us honor with our treasure. But you might, no, give me a break. You do all three. You don't pick one. Um, Adonis, I'm going to buy you things, but don't expect me to spend any time with you. You're headed for divorce. Adonis, I'll spend time with you, but I'm not spending $1 on you. Okay, just so you know that. You're headed for divorce. Time is not a substitute for money, and money's not a substitute for time. Number three, honoring God out of a heart of love produces financial increase. Solomon, 1 Kings 3, 
Solomon so loved the Lord that that night he gave. If nobody took, think of this. This is a true statement. If no one ever received an offering in church again for the rest of my life, it wouldn't change any of my giving. I would go, I've done it before where they didn't receive an offering. I went up and laid, laid it on the altar for somebody to pick up. Because I love God. Nobody has to cheerlead an offering out of me. Most services I come prepared to give. You know, I've already thought, given it time and thought. What is my best to the Lord? And man, once you start living that life, this building came in, into our hands supernaturally. This, this, all this. Effortlessly. No capital campaign, no loans. Then as soon as we outgrew this building, the, the building next door got turned over to us supernaturally with someone who leases it that I don't, I always give them their lease back by the blessing of God. Everything starts with giving your heart to the Lord. He blesses his children. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, start there. There's a number at the bottom of the screen. We're waiting to hear from you. I want you to pray with someone right now and consecrate your life to the Lord. I can't give an altar call online, but I, I, can, I can have you speak publicly with, some, with a prayer partner and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. 412-440-1412. And then for those of you who are believers, I want to challenge you today. You know, some of you, this was a review. Some of it, it was new to you. What if you laid your best on the altar today? I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that right now. I'm believing God for 300 people that will sow $1,000 this month. Many have already responded. But I want to, I want to push you, not pressure you. But I, I, I want to push you in the direction of maybe for the first time. I want to push you in the direction of not going to heaven having given more money to a local box store for flat screen televisions, your smartphone, than you've ever given to the kingdom of God. I want to challenge you and push you in the direction of Solomon. Or maybe for the first time in your life, you sow something today that is a truly significant offering to you. I'm believing for 300 that will give 1,000. And I'm believing for 10, which I might have to up the amount because I, I think two more responded today. I'm believing for 10 businesses or businessmen or people at a higher level that will give 10,000. If you've never done that, why not today? Why not make today a day where you plant your best seed before the Lord and do it believing for dynamic financial increase? That's how it starts. Jesus said, give and you shall receive. Your gift will return to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to make room for more. Hashtag donate on Facebook. So if you're watching on Facebook Live, you can do hashtag donate. It shows you how to do it right there, the example. The pound sign, donate, no spaces, and then whatever amount you'd like to give. You can text RT to 50155. 
on Cash App if you're in the United States, dollar sign RT Give. The easiest way is just to go to revivaltoday.com and click Give Now. And then you can also mail in the old-fashioned way. Make it out to Revival Today, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. I'm going to send the nicest thank you packet I've ever sent out to those that become one of the $300,000 givers this month. And I'm going to send my book on financial overflow. If you have a graphic for that, put it up if you would for the book, Financial Overflow. If you don't have it, no big deal. I know I just sprung it on you. But I don't, I don't have it here to show you. It's the first book I wrote. There it is. Ten Bible Principles to Unlock Heaven's Unending Supply. Let me pray for you. Father, those who sow today, I pray the windows of heaven would open over their life and your blessing would overtake them in a way that even an atheist would have to admit there's a God who blessed you. Erase every financial issue of concern and pour out a blessing so great they'll never be able to exhaust it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, tomorrow, Revival Today only, we pick it up. Thank you for your generous giving today. So I only made it through three. I'll attempt the other seven tomorrow. Please remember that tomorrow is not going to be on Facebook and YouTube. It's only on our app. And I would encourage you not only to download the app, but just leave it running on your TV and watch how your life changes having the Word of God sewn into you, not having to listen to three commercials every eight minutes telling you to make sure to wear a mask and wash your hands, sowing worry and fear and contention and people arguing with each other on the news. That's why I made that, revivaltoday.tv, so that you can, you can keep a... Uh... No, it's not on Roku. I don't know how I can say it any clearer. Tomorrow is only going to be on revivaltoday.tv on our app. So you have to subscribe, but subscription's free. Just name and email. Same time, but only on revivaltoday.tv. I love you. How do you put the app on your TV? I'm not tech support. I wish I could tell you. I have to have a dollar to do all that for me. But you'll, you'll figure it out. Watch a YouTube video. Watch some kind of instructional video. It'll help you. Wish I could be of more help, but I'm basically Amish when it comes to electronics. God bless you, Heidi. Thanks for always watching. We'll check the news tonight. Until then, have the best day you've ever had. I love you in Jesus' name.
Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.